You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You push play and they'll push the limits. So this is usually the time when I have to pull my headphones off my ears and we get segued into the intro of the show by time. But you know, typical time fashion, he's never here on time or even shows up half the time. So we're going to do this our own, which is fine. We, we, we can handle it. It's not like we're big boys or nothing. We can handle this. Yeah, I, it's it's funny because I, I think he puts us in a situation where we have to handle it. It's not one of those where we can't not handle it. Exactly. But, I guess but we it's fly. all good. So we uh, fly by ourselves. They say it cat will wait a mouse play. So we'll start with the, how our weekend went. Um, uh, well, you know, Thanksgiving was here. So everybody had Thanksgiving over the weekend. I finally got to try my pickles. It's finally been two weeks. Bro, why did you you did that over Thanksgiving? Why would you do that? No, I got to try them on. Uh, it was on Tuesday and Wednesday. I got to try them. Okay, all right. Tuesday what, how, and Wisdom has been two weeks. So if it was not your pickles and it was somebody else's pickles, and you was rating them on a scale of one to ten, what would you rate these pickles? I would say the bread and butter. I only tried the dills, like I mean, like the spears, because I cut them into spears. I also cut chips and all that kind of stuff. So right. bread and butter, I would say a seven as a spear, because I can see why they're not made into spears. Because bread and butter is always the chips. They're made in the little chips that you can put on your ham- your uh, hamburgers and stuff like that. So what did you learn? Why are they always in the chips? Because there's the so chips? much flavor that's in the chip. And if you put it into a spear, it's just too much flavor at times. It's okay. too much bread and butter flavor. So I would okay. say it's a seven in that range. But I will really know when I try the chips and I see on a sandwich and how it does. Because I have actual other bread and butter I bought from the store. So I can compare the two. Okay. And then the other ones were kosher dill. Now those I'm going to give about a nine. Kosher dill were really good. Well, they're really good. So I, I guess my question to you would be this. How much would it cost you if you were the pickle, if you were the to pickle and do, you know, a jar of pickles like kosher sells them? How much would it cost you at cost? Would that be at cost? So if you buy a, a, a thing of pickles at the store, I think it's like two dollars and eighty nine cents, maybe three dollars yeah. or something. I think I bought 12 jars for nine dollars. OK, Um. The, I bought six of the different types of like, um, like flavors, and the flavors they make six and a half jars, and I think six different flavors was like eight dollars total, and then uh, all it is is just time. Other than that, you just got to put time in it. So I could at uh, cost probably per per thing it probably cost me seventy five cents, eighty cents. Interesting. Oh, and then cucumbers. We bought fifty pounds worth of cucumbers for twenty-five dollars. Fifty pounds. We haven't even cut through thirty-five pounds, and we've already made. Tw- uh, let me see, sixteen jars. Oh, nice. 
So nice. It makes a lot. So it is a oh. uh, it's a nice little different thing. If you like pickles, that is. If you don't like pickles, it's pointless. <laughs> Big Gary's pickles. <laughs> no. Big Gary's pickles. So y'all pickled. You you tried your pickles. Who all Fine, came out, man? So my grandmother, my my okay. two uncles, and then. My uncle's wife and my aunt, I guess, or I don't know, step aunt, whatever you want to call it. And they came down for Thanksgiving. So we did Thanksgiving on Friday with them. And then I went to my mom's for Thanksgiving on Thursday because my dad lives here. So he got it was his mom. So we did all that on Friday. So I got two different Thanksgivings and two different types of meals. So it was great. Still got the food, too. That's the best part. You always have leftovers. The question is, do you eat leftovers from Thanksgiving? Hell yeah, man. I eat yeah. like a king all week, all weekend, bro. It's it's amazing. And, and what I love about the leftovers, though, Gary, too, is what I, I like how things morph in my house. Like the turkey and dressing on Thanksgiving turns into turkey soup the next day because they shred the turkey and they put it in the soup. And then, you know, that dressing may be a base for something else. So all the the Thanksgiving food is reused as another food, and that's what makes the food great, in my opinion, and how we eat like kings and queens for the rest of that week and thereafter. Yeah, no, it was. It's always good Thanksgiving when you have so much food because you, like you said, you have multiple leftovers. And I know there's people out there that don't eat leftovers, but I don't know why you don't. That's some of the best food. It was it was so good. I had two different days, so I had leftovers from two different days of food. Two different styles. We had two different styles. We didn't just have your traditional turkey on Friday. We had that on Thursday. Friday, we had something completely different. So I was all I got, for it. I, did you have anything exotic over there? So, And when we, I say exotic, this is what I mean exotic. Anything that you otherwise wouldn't have on a normal Thanksgiving. Something that ain't on everybody's table or that everybody's mentioned that they've had. Yeah, so my grandmother made pork steak. So basically, she, it's these little pork steaks. They look like uh, fry, like pork chops you'd buy and fry or whatnot, but there's no bone in it or whatnot. And she put like brown sugar, butter, and soy sauce, and then she cooks in the oven for like three and a half hours. And that is actually the main – we didn't have turkey or ham on Friday. That was the meat we had on Friday, and it was okay. awesome. It fell off – it just fell apart, and okay. then I dipped it in Chick-fil-A sauce because, you know, I like sauces and I love yeah. barbecue, but – it was it was so good. Okay. And and then on Saturday, I I had my tight end get together with the okay. kids that I coached, and we went and did three escape rooms back to back to back. Okay. All, All right. at the same place. Now I'm a little disappointed. I'm gonna give a little shout out because I only had four of my nine show up. What? Only four of them showed Come up. Come on now. Come on. I like I, I, I got to give it to them showing up. I mean, they showed up when they didn't have to show up. It's day out of school. A lot of them probably on vacation right now, Gary. You got to cut them some slack, man. No, nope. the problem is they picked this date to do this. Oh. They picked the date, and none of the other ones that didn't show up sent me a text message until – at least an hour after they were supposed to meet there after we'd already done the first escape room was the first time we heard from any of them. And then they just came with excuse after an excuse, but none of them told me ahead of time. And you know, in an escape room, you have to pay advance. If you reserve yes. a room, there's no refunds. Yeah. Oh so yeah, buddy. I had paid for two rooms up front. Now that was, 
that's four people. That's eight. That's five people that didn't show up. So I had to pay for ten spots, and they never even came. So how do you how do you handle that though? Like, do you do you go well, in and say, hey, y'all gonna pay me my money you, back? No, or well, do you say, I, take an ass I said no it, but I, I know they're not gonna give it to me. I don't really. It's not that big of a deal. But it was just more of like, hey, y'all missed that opportunity. So like with them, I told the other ones, I said, hey, anytime y'all want to do an escape room, I'm in. So I will do one with them. But the other ones won't be invited in because they skipped out on us. Well, and you you just have to assume they didn't want to do it in the first exactly. place if they didn't show up for the first one. And yeah. and some of them had reason. One, I had to work, but he knew a month in advance when we were doing this. Because y'all chose the date. Yeah. The other one said his mom wouldn't take him, but he said multiple times he has a truck and he always drives. So that that was an excuse. And the other kids told me that he just probably went hanging with his girlfriend. Uh, oh. Another one, he ended up saying he had basketball practice. And Did he have basketball practice? Dad, no and then the other one, his dad surprised him and his brother with tickets to the Florida Florida State game, which is fine, but it just tells me he never told him he had plans ahead of time. Yeah. Gary, Florida Florida State, a rivalry week game versus two terrible escape teams room. They're two terrible Bro, teams. it don't matter. It's rivalry week, man. We everybody thought Auburn was a terrible team, but they gave Alabama fits. Gave them absolutely fits. It took them four overtimes to beat that said terrible Auburn team. So when you when you factor in rivalries, I understand that you know your rivalry team in Kentucky, it was never close. It was always lopsided either in Kentucky's favor. Yeah, we dominated. Correct. Louisville's favor. When I but was it there, was we never dominated. Close. Yes. This is a close rivalry, like the Michigan-Ohio State, watching Michigan storm the field and the tears and the joy that came with beating that rivalry. And then looking well, back at them. because the, it was, took, took, took them 10 years to beat them. They hadn't beat Ohio State in 10 years. So that bro, was I know, why. but that's what a rivalry is about. I agree. Gary. You, don't, you don't know what a rivalry is about because y'all was locked in with Kentucky. Kentucky, gear, Kentucky. Like I, I mean, that's a basketball school. Correct, and we dominate. Louisville is too now. Like keyword, what was the keyword you said? Now, now, yes, that yeah. is correct. Like now, let's let's not get it twisted. Now, Louisville was only a powerhouse when Lamar Jackson was there. Whoa, whoa, yes, whoa, whoa. yes. Uh, I believe when yes. I was there it was the first time they've ever won a BCS bowl. Lamar was number two. Lamar's team was number two. We won the Orange Bowl. They won the Sugar Bowl. So. Both BCS Bulls were there during that time. Okay, so now back to what I was talking about. Folks, I'm rudely <laughs> interrupted by BCS Bowl game bursts and wins. I'm sorry, and... Memphis never went there. I'm sorry. Hey, it's okay though. We can we 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 getting there though. We getting to where we need to be. Is there anything else, Gary? Like no, that I, was I mean, that was the weekend basically. I know uh, you. Had what what did you nice bring? What what did you bring to the table though, Gary? I hear about every, how, what everybody else brought to the table. Like, what did you do specifically? For Thanksgiving, to to show thanks, man. I mean, other than show your ass up and eat, like, did you do anything? Was you did you was you uh, not a burden to somebody on Thanksgiving? Who would I ever be? I'm never. Who am I ever a burden to? In not general? not a burden, but I'm just saying though. Like, you know, you, did you just please tell me you at least showed up with some drinks or some cups, some forks or spoons or something? It was at my house. Oh, okay. okay. So yes, I provided all, right. all of that. Both days? Both <laughs> no, days? No, I, I went to house? my mom's the first the on Thanksgiving Day. Okay. Did you bring anything? No, my mom cooks everything. Okay. All right. I, I, I don't cook. Like, I just feel like if you're going over somebody's house for Thanksgiving, 
uh, I feel like you should bring something, bro. Something. Because even if somebody says, oh, no, you don't need to bring nothing, I think you should bring something. What am I bringing? I brought myself. Okay. And that was, so, my mom was happy enough for that. So I'll tell y'all what I did this weekend. Gary's <laughs> obviously a menace today. Um, well, my uncle and my sister them came down for Thanksgiving. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, we had a great, I had a great conversation with my uncle and my sisters. And, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about that conversation right now. We were sitting at the table and my uncle was talking about all the, the, the murders and stuff that are happening, all the deaths that are happening in Arkansas right now and Little Rock in particular. And he was saying that that's why he doesn't live there. He lives outside of Little Rock because it's dangerous to live in Little Rock. But the way he said it bothered me, Gary. He said it like this. He said, yeah, man, uh, you know, I don't be fooling around in Little Rock. I go down there. I do what I need to do. And I come home. I don't be all out there in them streets. And I go, Unc, you're 68 years old, bro. That don't even apply to you. <laughs> It doesn't apply to you. You see what I'm saying, Gary? Yeah. Like you aged out of that. Like I, I, we, and he was like, man, they don't care. They don't this, they don't that. And it, and it, and I had a really, it, it really hit me really hard. I wanted to know, is there certain things that you age out of that, or certain things that we think that you should age out of that people think you shouldn't age out of? For instance, um, going to the club. Is there an age limit on going to the club? Like, am I okay to go to the club at 25, 45, 65? Is there not an age limit? Like, is there an age limit where you should stop getting tattoos? I I, I want to know, Gary, wh- is there an age limit out there where you need to stop doing certain stuff? I would say, yes, there's an age limit for going to the club. Now, the only caveat is if you're going to a club and you're getting a table, I don't think there's an age because you're not in the crowd and everything. Now, if you don't have a table and you're just going to be standing out in the middle of everything, I think there's an age limit because it just there's people's not your age at that time. There's nobody around you that age. And I would say that age limit is probably 40 because that's what bar you go to a bar. If you're if you're if you're older, you just go to a bar. Okay, so you can go to a bar. You just can't go to a club. Yeah, I think clubs is a different clubs more of a younger, uh, okay. younger scene. So I would say now there's plenty of bars. There's plenty of older bars too. That it just it caters to older people, and that's more like a club atmosphere of a bar. Now those are fine. They have those as well. I think going to like if you're going to a Vegas club, yeah, I think there's an age limit. Okay, all right. I think you I can age it. out of it. Okay, so my uncle, he was saying, I, w- I was like, look, unk, man, that don't apply to you. You should, you probably should think about, like, you know what I'm saying, how you answer certain questions. And he goes, yeah, you know, the way things are these days, you never know. And I go, what do you mean you never know? And he goes, well, you know, you know, your life can be threatened anywhere, you know, with all the mass shootings that are going on. You know, you can walk into a grocery store, you can walk into a mall, whatever the case may be. And I go, Unc, I understand what you're saying, but what you the the likelihood of it happening is 
I mean, it could happen, but I'm just saying, if you play the percentages, the, the percentages of it not happening are a lot higher than it is happening. But the fact that it has happened has my uncle kind of spooked on doing certain things because he feel like people prey on the old. Which I, I, I can understand. I think people do at times. But like you said, the percentages are in most people's favors. It's not going to happen. I don't. I think it goes to my thing. I've always told my mom when we go to the beach and stuff like that. Like she doesn't want to get in the ocean because of sharks and stuff like that. Like she'll go in a little bit, but she's not going far. I'm like, but you can't live your life in fear. Like you can't be living your life in fear because you're not going to truly enjoy life if you're afraid of an alligator or a shark might attack you. When the chances of that happen are so minuscule. It's not, it's very rarely going to happen, especially you're not surfing. So the likelihood of it happening to you is not very good. So just like things shooting, mass shooting, it's still on the grand scheme of things. It doesn't happen all the time that it's something you need to live in fear of. Obviously you should be aware of it, but I don't think it's something that should stop you from doing things because then you're not, you're not living your best life and just enjoying life in, in its fullest because you're scared and afraid to do things. Can 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 we talk about this real quick, uh, Gary? Yeah. And then I can finish talking about what I did this weekend. So, did you watch the Michigan Ohio State game? I saw some of it. Did you? And and I'm not gonna be that guy, but I'm gonna be that guy because I think it's funny. Uh, have you seen the memes and the pictures and stuff in terms of COVID fest and like n- not a mask was worn in this uh, venue? Like, have you seen all the memes that have transpired? I have not seen any of them. It was absolutely magical, bro. You could, you wouldn't even think it was a pandemic that ever hit uh, the stadiums or ever. It was magical, dude. It was a great college moment, and it wasn't missed because of the pandemic. So it's going to be interesting to see what those numbers are. But I, I just wanted to see if you heard those memes and what you thought about it being a packed house. Are you okay with us going back to being regular or you, you, you okay? Again, I think it's the same thing. I think you can't live your life in fear. You have to do things the right way, but like you can't live your life in fear. Cause again, everybody was talking about the vaccination and stuff. Well, the vaccination is supposed to allow you to get back to normal life, but people are still afraid to go back to normal life after being vaccinated. That was the purpose of it. So why should we not try to get back to normal life? Like that's what that was the reason for being vaccinated and all that kind of stuff. So I think people should start to get back to life. And I would say the reason people will say, oh, there was an issue, there was no fine, it was everybody was fine with no masks because it's an outdoor outdoor, it's an outdoor event. It's supposed to be outdoors, harder to spread stuff like that. Obviously, if any of you've ever been to a college football game, it doesn't matter if it's outdoor. You are on top of each other. No matter where you go for a college game, you're on. T- especially a game like that, you're sitting in people's laps. So yeah. I don't think that's a big deal. I think people should be starting trying to get back to their regular life because we've been two years and we haven't been regular. Everybody hasn't been normal yet, and I think we're working our way to it. And I think we need to get to it. Oh, nice. So, <laughs> so my uncle, after having a conversation with him about that, he was talking about. Uh, there was some young kids that had lost their lives through like some botch robberies and then some some shootouts and stuff like that. That's kind of happened in every neighborhood or a few neighborhoods across America, however you want to look at it. Well, 
you know, after I finished having that conversation with with my uncle, I kind of dove into a conversation with my sister because she was piggybacking off of the fact that um, um, she had turned the conversation into like something completely different from not of 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 my uncle and and people passing away, but just like the crime that has gone up through this pandemic. And it sounded as if, and I wasn't really sure that the pandemic was the cause. I wasn't really sure. So do you think that there are some negative effects from a criminal aspect to this pandemic? Well, I would say when we had lockdowns and stuff, you didn't hear there wasn't a ton of crime that you heard or that was reported. But everything since everything's returned, I think you've heard more crimes. People are getting more more bold. As you see nowadays, you're seeing all these places in California, they're doing in broad daylight, pulling up in a bunch of cars, jumping out, robbing stores and jumping back in the cars and going. They're in and out in like 45 seconds to a minute. Like that's that's bold. And they're doing it in the middle of the day. It's not like they're breaking in. They're doing it while store hours are going. So I think I think people are just getting more bold in general when it comes to crime because I think people were not we're not cracking down on things like that. It seems like we're not worried about it. It doesn't become a big thing. And I think that's a bit because like even like we had all the when when stuff were going on with the riots, stuff like that, that that was letting stuff happen and they were just fine with it. That's fine. And now this is happening. I don't see nobody's getting in trouble, getting caught. So it's just a crazy time in, in general with all of that. And it just puts more stress on law enforcement to lock it lock it down or or whatever but again there's already getting so much scrutiny with law enforcement as well where a lot of them aren't wanting to do the job because of the way people are talking about them and acting towards them and then all the stuff with the the vaccine mandates they're losing tons of police force so they might not even have the numbers to combat all of this and i think criminals are looking at that and they know nothing's going to happen and I think some of it has been shown in some of the places that they've robbed, like Home Depot, they have a policy where they will not stop you from robbing. And so they've taken advantage of that. They let you do whatever because that's their policy. They're not allowed to stop a robbery. So they let them come in, take whatever they want, and they go, and they just write it off. They eat it. And then nobody – and they get away. And, and I think that's that's sad. There shouldn't be something like that. But I don't know how you stop it either. only way you're going to stop it is if we full force – lock down all that stuff and put more cops out there and try and figure it out. Other than that, I don't know how you, how you limit it. Bro. So (laughs) this is me being honest with you. And I, I have been trying to figure this out and I've been following this story very closely in California in terms of the people, they call it a flash mob robbery Mm -hmm. where 20 to 30 people jump out of their cars with masks on. They go into the store. They just take stuff and they come out. I don't know 20 or 30 people, bro. I don't even have 20 or 30 friends where I can call, be like, meet me here. We finna case the place and then we out. Like, how do they, are they, do they all know each other? That's what I'm saying. Like, how do you know all these people to where they just like, okay, cool. We can all roll up in here and we can take all this stuff. And we can all get out of there. And is there certain stuff that they're taking? You see, for them to call them a flash mob, where they come in, they put the mask on, and they come, and I, it, it blows my mind that that's even 
something that we're even talking about that even has a name of it being a flash mob uh, robbery. But I did also see that uh, this weekend. Um, but sitting down talking to my sister and my uncle, we talked about that. We hung out a little bit, man. We watched some football. Uh, we we watched Dallas uh, lose on a Thursday night. It was a couple people that were fans. Uh, so we watched. And oh man, I was so excited and just happy because it was a it was a good day in my household. Anytime they lose and I get opportunity to mess with that fan base, I'm a hundred percent do it. So I did exactly that. Uh, but other than that, man, I didn't really I didn't really do much. Uh, just kind of sat around and and just ate a bunch of leftovers, man. Ate a ton of leftovers uh, and just kind of you know looked for good shows to watch. But other than that, I, that's it, man. What, what what we got today? What we got this? Well, we got this, this is beautiful usually Monday. time introduction gives us our topics, but you know he's still not here, so it's typical oh. time on his own schedule. Leaves us hanging in the wind. It's oh. typical. So we're just on the spot, which is fine. Uh, we eventually, I do want to talk about the Panthers game. I know we're we're trying to wait for time to get on here. So uh, we're going to wait for that. But I do. Hey, my Packers. Packers won again. Oh, Packers won again. And then we also have the Steelers getting crushed. So that's another okay. victory for me. Yeah. Can, can we talk about that Steelers game? Can we yeah, talk about ahead. that Steelers yeah. game? Okay. So Cincinnati has been playing really good football this year. It had nothing to do with their quarterback situation. It had nothing to do with Burrow. It had everything to do with Joe Mixon today. Joe Mixon. Correct. Played we went off. The, yeah, the Steelers couldn't stop the run. They just couldn't stop the run. Every punch that Cincinnati threw at them, uh, the Steelers had no answer. Now the Steelers were down a lot of players. Let's not make sure we we not not see that they were down quite a few players. But it has nothing to do with how bad we looked on offense. Man, it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. But I mean, we got another week next week. We get it together, and we're going to well, come out fire. It was just as bad as another team that we'll talk about later this week when time gets Ooh. on. Uh, but, no, D, I know we started talking about something last week, and you didn't want to really get on the topic because uh, we were running out of time. So uh, we had talked about the Black Friday deals, and we were talking about, like, Black Friday is, like, a good shopping thing or whatnot. And I just want to, I want to bring it back up because, like, oh, for here me, we go. I'm not a, I don't, I don't, I've done Black Friday once and I see all the deals and stuff like that. I think people get blinded by the fact, oh, it's a big deal. You get this much off, but people don't realize the quality of the stuff they're buying. I know they don't care half the time, but some of the stuff they, they mark off are super old models or knockoff brand of things. And people are like, oh, it's still a great deal. But it's really not because it's going to break in a month or two or, or six months if it's a TV. And now you're buying another one and you're not going to have that deal. Now what? Now you're out that money twice. And I don't think people realize that. They just see the deal and they're blinded by it. Or they're just buying it as a gift to give to other people, which is fine. But I think Black Friday, it is a way for companies to offload stuff that doesn't sell during the year. And get rid of the old model stuff, and so they can bring in the new stuff for Christmas. So people will spend more money on that, and people haven't caught on to that yet. Some people do. Some people know that for a fact, and they're still fine with it, which is fine. But just you got to know that 
you're not really getting that big of a deal because it they'll say it's a big thing, just like we've talked about, and you're probably going to mention all the time to buy one, get one free. Uh. Buy, buy two, get two free. Literally, my dad said this the other day. He went to the store to buy Cokes. He bought, it was buy two, get two free. But the two he bought were $14. You can buy four oh of them for, for, for $14. So that was the thing. They basically just up the price of what the two cost to cover what the other two that you're giving away for free because it's not really free. And people just don't look at it or they'll see the buy three, get one free and all that stuff. But when you look at like ounces and stuff like that, if you buy just the big one, it's cheaper because you get more for that versus the buying. But people get blinded by the buy two, buy one, get this free because they think they're getting a deal. And they've done great wonders with that by tricking everybody. My dad tells me all the time because he used to work in a grocery store growing up. He saw it all the time. He always saw all the time. Hey, buy one, get one free. They were such a ripoff because the prices got upped a little bit. So that way they countered that loss. They would, they gave it to you for free. So they t- technically don't lose it for free. And people just don't don't look at the regular prices. And I think that's the thing. That's how they get people because it looks shiny. I know you have a bunch of stuff about this because you can go in this for days, you said. Yeah, I, I could go for this for days, but what I'm going to do, Gary, is I, I, I want to talk about the stuff that's surrounding Black Friday. And then I'm going to get back to the crowds, the craziness. Oh, bro, that's what I don't understand. That I, For the life of me, I do not understand. And, and this is what I mean I do not understand it, Gary. Because if I need a toaster, if I need a toaster, let's just say I need a specialty item like a toaster. And I'm like, damn. I really need a toaster. Then I'm going to go get an off-brand toaster that may not cost as much or something that I can afford to get a toaster. I am not going to wait all year for Black Friday to come before I get this toaster. Why am I in line to get a toaster that I don't need, but because it's on sale, I want this toaster? Like, there's a bunch of people that are in line to get things that they don't need or want, but because it's on sale, they're getting it. And they're clogging up everybody else that's wanting to get it for, like, Christmas gifts or something like that. Not the people that are just getting it to just put it in their house like you, Gary. Buy more than one or two or three video games and not using them all. You are them type of people that I'm talking I, about. I don't, I don't steal or use bots or whatever to get them. I, I never said right. that you steal. No, I never no, said no, 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 doing no, it the right way or the wrong way. You still acquiring too many no, damn I, units. I get, I get what you need. I get collectibles. There's a difference. Okay, yeah. All right. All I'm saying is, is that if you don't need it or you're not getting it for a gift or something like that, and you just getting it because it's on sale, you're getting it for the all the wrong reason. If you're not going to use it like, oh, yeah, if you getting it, because Gary, you you look like you know some people like this, because I know some. If you're getting it just to get it because it's on sale, because you want to have a conversation about getting said item on sale, like, oh, yeah, man, Black Friday, I went out and I got a, a, a hoe, uh, one of the garden tools for $3. And they were like, but you don't, you don't do no gardening. Like, no. Yeah, when's the last time you did some gardening? Oh, I was thinking about starting. Yeah, exactly. But because it was on sale, they went and got it. That's what I don't understand about the chaos that surrounds Black Friday. Because guess what? There's a Cyber Monday, which is today. 
that which is I I'm 100% going to check it out and see what deals are the best deals and how I can get those deals. You see what I'm saying? So it's it's interesting because Black Friday may not be the best deals that you get. It may turn out to be Cyber Cyber Monday, which is today, that can get you the best deals. Correct. And I think one thing that stores do, like you'll see that great deal on a TV. You'll see, oh, that 65-inch TV is marked down to $220, but we only have 10 of them. So that's yeah. when the fights start and stuff like that. And that's uh, where you see that kind of stuff. And I think stores do that on purpose. Bro, why are we fighting over TVs, Gary? Why it's, are we fighting over no TVs? It's, it, they're fighting over the fight? deal. I don't think it's a TV. They're fighting over getting that deal. And that's why stores do it. Because they did the same thing with the Xboxes and PlayStation when they first released. They only had a limited number. And, hey, you're, you're crap out of luck if you don't get it. So, so let me tell you how I can get the community. I can go, oh... I'm selling this one. This one has been up for sale all year for $300. I'm going to do a Black Friday deal and I'm going to put it on sale for $249.99. Or you could get two for $450. And they fly off the shelf. Correct. Fly off the shelf. No questions asked, nothing. But my thing is this, though, Gary, and I've always thought about this if they can give us the deals that they give us around black friday why can they not give us these deals all year round well i think they do and i think people don't realize it. if you go ever go to a store like if you go get the same tv that was on sale black friday if you go to the store in like january mid to late january that same exact tv would be right around the same exact price Really? As it was on Black Friday, because it's an older model. They want to get it off their shelf so they can get the new stuff uh, in. And people don't want to wait that long because now it's past Christmas. Now it's longer a gift. So it's a lot different, and people don't really realize that. Like, I'm a huge Best Buy. That's my favorite store's Best Buy. So I okay. always am a, I'm a, going to Best Buy. I always, when I was in Cleveland and Carolina, I went every Tuesday, bought the movies that came out. And that was on my, but I stuck away from Black Friday deals because I knew. Things were going to come out in January when the new stuff gets ready to get released. They're going to mark all the prices down, and you're going to get a Black Friday deal in January, and you don't have to fight crowds and stuff like that. But people don't want to wait because, obviously, you miss Christmas at that point, and it's just a different feeling at that point. And then people make people also make that the resolution, I'm going to spend less money. I'm not going to do this. So they know people aren't going to want to buy TVs at that price. So, or, I mean, people aren't going to buy as many. So that's why they mark on, get rid of them during that time, lower the price because it's not going to be as popular of an item. So people aren't, it's, people just don't need, they need to look later and not worry about the Black Friday deals. Okay. You, so you telling everybody to skip out on the Black Friday deals, say your money, say your time, your energy, you'll get that same deal in January. Yeah, on certain items, yes. And I think unless, I think, like you said, you can look on Cyber Monday. Cyber Monday, you can get great deals. You don't have to go fight the crowd. Yeah, I don't know, man. I've been looking at this toaster all year, bro. This toaster do some stuff that if, this if toaster. If you were looking at that toaster, toaster, you should have bought it at the beginning of the year when you needed it. <laughs> I'm telling you, yeah, I didn't know. Look, the toaster that I got right now was $12 because I was like, I don't need no fancy toaster. But now that I've seen this toaster and I've used it, there's things in this other toaster that I found in the toaster that I have now that would come in handy right now. So I'm looking at this this $300 toaster that's now on sale 
for two forty nine. I don't think it's gonna get any lower. That's a good deal. You tell so them you just, don't get so, this toaster. Yeah, don't get it. Just go buy a hundred and fifty dollar toaster if you really want to get a toaster. <laughs> that's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's toasters that's probably just as good for one fifty. Okay. It uh, might be. It might not be a name brand. Gotcha. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. That makes sense. I, Tales from Gary. Yeah, I, it's, <laughs> I, I don't think you need the. Uh, the Black Friday deals are just a wash, personally. I don't. I think you said I think Monday, Cyber Monday you can get stuff. I don't think you need to waste the time. But hey, some people just like the experience and stuff. I've done it once, and I said never again. It's too many people, yeah. too much of a I, rush. Talk talk about your experience, man. Like, let us hear about your Black Friday. Why did you go? Because I had never done it before, and I said I just wanted to see what it's like. For one, yeah. oh, I don't like getting up super early in the morning. This is so, gonna be good. Was this in Florida? Was this in Cleveland? Or was this in Charlotte? It was in. It was in Cleveland. Yes. Oh, Cleveland. you definitely got to walk me through this. So you were playing, still active. Correct. Ooh, this had to be a gaming store. Had to be. Oh, well, I went. Well, there was obviously I've been to Walmart and I've been to Best Buy, but like, I'm just not. It is, I'm not an early morning person. You had to be up like at three o'clock just to go to these places to get there. And I'm not one that wants to wait in line. So I hate waiting in line. My my body aches waiting in line. So I struggle. I don't, I'm not going to go out there and stand away. I'll just be one of the last ones to get, go in. And that's what I did. And I wasn't looking for certain things. I was just seeing what was on sale and all that kind of stuff. But it is a madhouse on how many people they stuff into a store just running around looking for nonsense just because it's a deal it blew my mind and i was just like this i will never do this again and it because it's just so there's so many people and then you when you actually find something and what i do anytime i look at anything i'll scan the back and i'll look on amazon and see what the price is on amazon yeah i do that i do it every time because if it's cheaper on amazon i'm just gonna buy it there it's free shipping Unless I need it yeah. now, then I'll buy it now. But I'm not paying more than three or four dollars more than what it is on Amazon. If it's yeah. twenty dollars cheaper on Amazon, I'll wait. There's nothing yeah. that I can. And that's the thing is like a lot of people don't do that because some of these sales you can do, which I even did. I did some of them when I was in there, and they were on Amazon cheaper. I'm like, but people are buying them right now. I guess they must need it, but they really probably didn't because you could have gotten Amazon in two days. But again, it was just that feeling of being a part of the Black Friday. That got people energetic and getting a sale, and they just they lose the sense of what's going on around them and how advanced can be taken of them. And I, it was really for me is like it wasn't fun at all because I ended up not really. I looked up a few things, but I didn't buy anything. And I was like, this was a waste of my time. I got up at like three thirty for no reason. Did you go by yourself? Get this is yeah. just so fascinating to me. Like you just made a conscious decision to just yeah, I go to, try to Black out. Friday. Yeah, I want to try it out. And, I, really? and from then on, I've never even attempted to even think about trying to go. Oh, I'm glad. But I know, I know people that do it every year, and I don't know why. It doesn't. Like, I don't even want to go to a store on Friday if it's Black Friday. Not even during the day. I don't even want to go. Uh, I don't even want to go if it's six o'clock at night on a Black Friday because it's still gonna be super packed. I I find that very funny, Gary. I found that very funny. You yeah. know how I am waiting around and I know that's what I'm saying. Not doing that. You bougie as hell. So for not you, bougie, just, my body doesn't allow it. Bro, so you just, woke up and made a conscious decision to go deal with a whole bunch of people while you was an active player. 
And you know that One. I don't like early mornings. Two, you don't like early mornings, and you really don't like people. So it's really interesting that you would just think about going. That's why I think this is funny, Gary. That's why it was only done one time. I, I it's it seems like time's not gonna be here, but it's okay though because I I really want to talk about uh, the Carolina Panthers and the performance that they had yesterday. I, I think he's ducking us so he doesn't have to talk about it. Uh, it it's fine. It's fine. The conversation will be had. I, I'm I'm sure he will probably add on his little two cents at the end or before and complaining why he wasn't here. He'll get some some excuse and then he'll give his defense of cam newton and the panthers and then there really wasn't any but we'll, we'll, we can start discussing it Let's I, go. I i'd love to have that discussion so so what do you do you still feel the same way you felt uh before and after the signing of cameron newton so i've been saying it yes i have not changed my thoughts like pj walker came in in the fourth quarter and put up just as good numbers in literally a half a quarter than Cam did the whole game. Cam Newton got benched in the game because of how bad he was playing. Like, obviously, I know people trying to finish, oh, it's been it's his third week, but they weren't saying that his first week. Time with himself was saying he had an amazing game his uh, first week when he had two touchdowns and all that kind of stuff. And then last week, I don't know what happened. Everybody fell off when they got beat by the – uh, Washington football team. Everybody's like, oh, yeah. he just had a bad game. He'll be all right. And then this week was a Sam Darnold game. I don't even know if he had as good a stats as Sam Darnold's had. So I'm, Sam, this is worse than Sam Darnold's played. But yeah. it's because he was there, they're blinded by the fandom. And I think that's the true case of it. Like, we, we played there. I have no ill will. You say you don't. You may. You may not. Who knows? I don't. I that was where I was drafted, but I just unbiased. Damn, was that a shot at me, Gary? <laughs> Always a shot. I'm just unbiased well, outsider looking at the way it works. I, I'm could I critique the Browns? I'll critique any team. I just it's what I think it is, and from what I look at, he's not playing well. I know it's only been three weeks, but PJ Walker's been in the system. Why isn't he playing and let Cam catch up? Obviously, it's not working. The last two weeks, they've lost two in a row. And it shows you that Christian McCaffrey is part of the offense. Christian McCaffrey only rushed 10 times in the whole game. And then he ended up getting hurt. So now what's going to happen now with with your best player hurt? I, I don't know. I just I think everybody was super excited when Cam went to New England and New England. And Panther fans were like, oh, he's doing great the first three weeks. He did great in New England. And then he fell off and then just disappeared and got hurt again. So could that be happening again? I don't know. I, I, I wish the best for him, but I just don't think he's the same player he was. And Carolina's fooling themselves, the fan base itself, are fooling that they think he's going to be like, like you said, he's going to be 2015 MVP Cam Newton. He's not. He's a serviceable quarterback, but he's not been playing for a while. He's been, it's been a year now. This is his first three games in like a year. Why force him in the starting role just for the fan base? I'll use a prime example. Cleveland was the same way when I was there. We were seven and four. We lost. Then we lost our next game. We were seven and five. We were on a two-game losing streak. The fan base was clamoring, clamoring for Johnny Manziel to be the starter because he was not the starter. Brian Hoyer was the starter. But we had seven wins at this time. That was the most wins since Derek Carr in 2000. 
2000 and I, I think it was two, four, eight, ten. I don't know, something like that. For most wins, and they were clamoring for Johnny Manziel. We found they we get forced to put Johnny Manziel. On. It wasn't the head coach's call. It was a high above them, and then we didn't win a game the rest of the year. We were on track to have a winning season, first time in Cleveland history since that time with Derek Anderson. And because the fan base were pushing for Johnny Manziel, ownership pushing for Johnny Manziel, Johnny Manziel came in. We didn't win a game the rest of the year, and we finished seven and nine. Like auto, 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 auto gear. It's the same thing. Now, now you said a lot of things on this podcast, <clears throat> but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I got to get you to clear this up because I, I don't understand what you're saying. When you're saying that the fan base chose this quarterback, you are you telling me that the fan base had control over who plays and who doesn't play? I'm saying the fan base was booing our starting quarterback every time, and the owner would see it, and he he was the one that made the call, or our GM, whoever it was, made the call to draft Manziel. And so that okay. was forced upon our coach because of what was going okay. on. It wasn't the coach's decision. It was forced upon him, which is also why, a la why, Kyle Shanahan's the head coach in 49ers. He was our offensive coordinator. Uh, he could have been a future head coach in Cleveland, but we forced we forced something that he wasn't didn't want a part of, and he ends up being the head coach of the 49ers and brings him to a Super Bowl. But it's just it's just the crazy that and that's the thing I think has happened. It's it proves my point with the fandom. People get blinded by your fandom, and they're not realistic of what things are going on around them. And I think that there's more issues than just quarterback. And to think Cam was going to come in and just save the day is is blind because there's problems with the O-line. The defense has played terrible. McCaffrey, I don't know if he's healthy, 100% healthy. But to think Cam can just come in and just save the day, that's just blind fandom. No, he definitely can't come save the day. I I told you that when they signed him. I I felt like they moved way too quick away from P.J. Walker as opposed to leaning a little bit more on P.J. Walker and just using Cam from experience, kind of shifting him in and out, kind of protecting Cam from Cam. But they didn't do that. They allowed Cam to come in and do what it is that Cam used to do, and that's relying on his arm strength to get him out of problems and I'm not so sure that the arm strength is still there. Um, but him being a quarterback, none of that will change. Uh, he did say it best when he said that there's not 32 guys out there better than him. He's absolutely right. Uh, but there are a few out there that are uh, because not a lot of quarterbacks right now are playing at a high level to begin with. So, I mean, Cam is just doing what Cam has always done. Uh, I'm gonna tell you what I found that was interesting. Um, I, I I look at the offense that we ran when Cam first got in the National Football League, and we all kind of stayed away from that college style offense. But do you realize that the Baltimore Ravens have absolutely made that offense work? The same offense that Lamar ran in college is the same offense that he's running in Baltimore. Correct. College offenses don't normally transition over like that. Like the RPO, you get a little bit like you got the abbreviated version with Russell Wilson. Uh, when he would come in, he would do the RPO, but he wasn't as dangerous as Lamar Jackson is with his feet 
it was more of a passing RPO. Well, then that kind of took off, and it went from uh, Russell Wilson to um, who was it? Cam, because uh, uh, you know Cam. Everybody kind of took a book, like a page out of that book, going to like that mobile style quarterback. But just from an offensive standpoint, I think, and how this relates to Cam is, is that Cam should have took his ass to Baltimore, and I think he would have had a a better opportunity and he would have fit that offensive style better than going into the other offensive styles where he is in his career right now. Well, I think the thing is it is a different system than what cams used to what Matt rule runs. It's a completely different system. So obviously they're adding in stuff to that, that highlights what cam can do. I think the difference between like Lamar, what you're saying is Lamar, they did his offense. They played it into what he does at Baltimore. But the question is, that only is going to last as long as he can run effectively. Soon as he stops running effectively, that offense will not be good. Because he he's not super accurate. He's accurate, but he's not the most accurate quarterback. So he's relying on being able to beat you running and throwing when he needs to. So that when his the time comes and he's not able to run like that again, it's going to change completely the way the offense is going to have to run. And I think that's showing with Cam, too. When his legs started to fail him a little bit because of injuries and his shoulders started to fail him a little bit because of injuries, you can't throw the ball as deep and you can't run as much. It changes the way you have to play. So your system has to fit what you can play at that time. And I think, like you said, I think P.J. Walker should have been the guy to start, let Cam learn a little bit of the system the way it is, and then just plug Cam in at times. And then eventually if Cam learns it – and learns enough, then you can put them in. But throwing, thrusting them into the starter, now you have to do a watered-down offense. You can't do your full offense because your quarterback doesn't know everything. But again, this is where I feel the fan base and everybody else was playing a part into why Cam started over P.J. Walker because Cam's Cam. He was great in Carolina when he was there. He came back. It's a great storyline, and everybody wanted him to play. And I think that played in the aspect of Cam being thrust into the starter instead of P.J. Walker. I have to say this, too. P.J. Walker is not a better quarterback than Cam. Oh, I don't think he is either, but I think he knows the offense. He does know the offense. So for the time being, I I think he is a better quarterback for right now because he knows the offense. And if you would have gave P.J. Walker three straight weeks of let Cam just learn instead of being forced into starter, learn everything – and then maybe do your little plays here or there, maybe four weeks, because I think they have a buy or something coming up. You could have done four yeah. straight weeks and say, okay, Cam, you got four weeks. We're not going to thrust you to start. We might have you in for here or there. Learn the offense, and then we'll be fine. But when you thrust him in, he can't learn everything because you can't throw everything at somebody your first week. But again, okay. I fall a lot of that falls on the fan base clamoring for Cam to be the starter because they wanted him back. He, they thought he was going to be the guy. And that's all you ever heard. Time himself thought, oh, everything's going to change because he's back. But he was released for a reason, too. Yeah. Last question before we go, Gary. Out of the three teams, Green Bay Packers, Carolina Panthers, and the Pittsburgh Steelers, which team finishes with the losing record and why? Oh, it's tough. It's going to be between the Steelers and, <laughs> and the Panthers, but because there's no way Green Bay's playing too well, uh, Panthers have been looked bad the last two weeks. 
And I, I, I think it's going to be Panthers. But again, if Pittsburgh doesn't step it up, like they can't stop the run, they're going to get gashed because they still got to play Cleveland again. They rely on the run. I think they still have to play Baltimore again. I'm pretty sure they still have to play Cincy again. They'll just get gashed over and over again on the run. They got to stop that. I would say it's probably 51 49 Carolina. And then Pittsburgh's at fifty-one or forty-nine, and Carolina's fifty-one and losing record, but it could be swayed so easily because I think they're at the same, either the same record or Pittsburgh has a one-game lead over Carolina. I'm not exactly sure, and I will say one thing: I know I picked Green Bay as an easier pick, but I think Green Bay is the leader ownership or whatever. Obviously, ownership's owned by the the I don't know how they're they're stock owners or whatever. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, you, you're talking about private equity. Well, yeah. the Steelers are five five and one, and the Carolina Panthers are five and seven. The Green Bay Packers are nine and three. So yeah, I think right now it's obviously Carolina fifty one percent chance of losing. I think Pittsburgh's forty nine. I think it's still that close. I think Carolina has a chance. It depends on how Pittsburgh plays. Um, I think Pittsburgh plays in a harder division than Carolina does. I don't think New Orleans or Atlanta is very good. I definitely think the other three teams in Pittsburgh divisions are good. So they have a harder division. But I think what I was saying with the Pittsburgh, the uh, not Pittsburgh, the Packers situation I was going, I think they are outrageous the way they have handled the whole Aaron Rodgers thing because they're going to lose Aaron Rodgers and they're going to lose Devontae Adams, and then they're going to be starting over after this season. And that's outrageous to me. You have, you have one of the most elite quarterbacks that's played in our time that we've seen. And you have one of the best, arguably one of the best receivers in the NFL. And they're both probably going to walk because of the way you handled your quarterback situation and the team situation. And I I think that's, that's, that's terrible of the own, not ownership, but like the leadership in green Bay. Well, maybe ownership just said, hey, you know, we want willing participants. We want to feel like we're hostages around here and we got to give in to your demands every time you say something. It might be. But when when you when when he goes somewhere else and wins or Devontae Adams goes somewhere else and Green Bay's not doing well and they're in the bottom of their division, they're going to regret that. Now yeah, that I could, they they could make me, they could make me eat my words. Jordan Love could be the guy, but Jordan Love's one game of playing this year did not look good at all. No, so, Jordan Love's not that guy. He's not that guy, pal. It's, it's different. Mac Jones has proven you can do it because New England. Mac Jones is playing great up there right now. And with that being said, we want to thank you guys for joining us on the Cinnamon <laughs> the Sugar podcast. <laughs> Uh, y'all take it easy. I don't like anything Bill Belichick, including the Patriots. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So we out. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. We out. I had to hop on here real quick because time was unable to make the podcast, but I had to say one thing about my Panthers and Cam Newton. Damn. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Damn. We out. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to 